Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live archived or if you have downloaded the show from iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching and training company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as the professional level. On the show, we have experts that come on the show and share a lot of great information and tips with you. So just wanted to let you know, the show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. All the guests that come on the show are experts in their field, and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page, or you can contact me by visiting my website at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's www.yourlifenow.info. But before we bring on our guest for today, I just like to set my intention as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really all up to you. So all I ask of you on this show is to have an open mind and open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We're going to take a short break, and we will bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to Your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archive, I do appreciate each one of you. So just a quick reminder, the show will be archived the minute we go off the air. So it's available for you to download, to listen to it again right here on this link. Or you can also go to iTunes in the podcast section and also listen there or download it as well as the Stitcher app. So if you have the Stitcher app for your smartphone, you can listen to the show, all the episodes available right there on the Stitcher app. As always, we have great guests that comes on the show and share some helpful tips and information with you to help you look at things in a different way, have a different perspective, look on the outside of things, and so you can actually make some positive changes and take action 
and change your circumstances. And today we're talking about fear and how to overpower the fear, how to overcome the fear, a fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of whatever is. Unless we understand, what are we afraid of? It's hard to get rid of that fear. So today I have a great guest with me here, um, Michael Luckman, who's going to be discussing fear and uh, um, talking about his uh, new book, Overpowering Fear, Defeating the Number One Challenge in Sales and in Life. You know, so fear affects us in all different aspects in our life. And we really need to take a close look at the cause of that fear. So my guest here talks about overpowering fear versus overcoming fear. So here is what Michael has to say about fear. Welcome, Michael. Oftentimes, we go through life starting at a very young age, starting really at toddler time and grade school, and of course, really manifests itself in high school, is we think we're the odd person out. Mm, we right. think that we have these strange fears, you know, and nobody else feels it. We're the only ones that feel this fear. And the first thing that I want your listeners to know and my readers to know is that fear is universal. It has been with us forever. The things, the crazy things that we think about, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about and I'll address because that's the fear that I believe most of us are facing. See, we have fear, and it is built into us from the time of mankind. In fact, you and I would not be talking today if our ancestors didn't experience fear because fear was designed to protect us. Right, right. You know, and, and, and the way fear works, just a brief way it works, is that we have this old part of our brain, someone will call it the reptilian part of our brain, and in it is this little nodule, and it's, it's called the amygdala. And the amygdala is tied in with your five senses. Mm-hmm. And any time your five senses send it a signal that, wait a second, there's something out there, and I hear it, and I can smell it, and I'm, it, doesn't, it smells like a wild animal or whatever, and... Uh, we, uh, what happens is, is our amygdala then will send out signals to our body, prepare itself. There's something out there, and we're not sure, quite sure what it is, and it could be very dangerous to us. Right. And what happens is the amygdala changes in, 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 in nanoseconds, changes our body. We go from a state of sort of casualness to all of a sudden our body is being flooded with hormones. The main one being adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And what happens to our body when it senses fear is that our heart rate increases, Mm -hmm. so again, more blood to Mm -hmm. the muscles of the body. Our breathing increases because we Mm -hmm. need to take in more oxygen to to mix with the sugars in our blood to form energy. And you know that hollow feeling we feel when we feel fear? That hollow feeling comes from the fact that most of your blood that was working in your, in, uh, you know, your uh, digestive system to digest your food is being detoured away. It's being shifted away to go to the muscles because you are in what is called a fight-or-flight syndrome. 
where your body is preparing itself to either fight for your very life or to run away. Now, that's great if we walk down a, a dark street and we see somebody coming at us with a knife in their hand. Or we walk out of, I live in California, and we have mountain lions, and, you know, we read a couple times a year that somebody walked out of their house, and boom, there was a mountain lion on their lawn. And there is a chance that, now there we want fear to prepare our body to run, to get out of there. Okay? But the interesting thing is, if we're afraid to pick up a telephone to call someone, Mm -hmm doesn't have to be a salesperson. It just could be anybody just to right. call. To call to a stranger. Very often we feel fear. And the fear that we feel in our body is identical. The amygdala doesn't know that the fear you are feeling is real. Mm-hmm. That mountain lion on your lawn or the guy mm-hmm. coming at you with the knife. Or it's made up. Right. The fear of picking up the phone and calling somebody. Right. And so our body responds the same, and, and which is, when you think about it, it's ridiculous right. to think that so many times a day our body is going into a fight-or-flight mode, and it is only caused by the delusional thoughts in our mind. And that's where we all get ourselves tripped up. You know, we're in high school and we're at a dance and we see somebody we'd like to meet, but we're afraid of walking across the gymnasium floor for fear that we'll trip over ourselves or we'll make a fool of ourselves or we'll get to the other side of the dance floor and we'll ask a girl to dance and she'll turn us down and then we're embarrassed. Or even before we can even get the words out, would you like to dance, we're we're, we're hemming and we're hawing and our face is turning red. Yeah. Yes. And it's crazy. It's yes. crazy that we would feel the same fear as mm-hmm. if somebody was coming at us with a weapon. You know, Michael, you said something, and I didn't want to interrupt you, that you hit it right on the, uh, you know, um, right on. Basically, it's what we believe. I mean, I, I put in the description of the show, you know, fear is an emotional response that causes us to stop. It holds us back to avoid something we believe could harm us. So we can differentiate between what is really harmful to us is what we made up to think is harmful to us. Exactly. That's because exactly. I mean, fear is necessary at some point to protect us. But what I'm, what we're trying to focus on here to the listeners, you know, it's the unnecessary fear. Why is it important to get rid of the unnecessary fear? Because you need fear to protect you because you don't want to cross the street when it's a red light and get hit by a car. You know, fear yeah. will protect you to be, you know, making sure that you don't do something like that. So that's, that's exactly, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we that we're not we're not going to lose fear. And even in my book, I, the, the title of the book is "Overpowering Fear," right. Right. and as opposed to uh, overcoming fear, you don't necessarily have to overcome fear. You just can't let it stop you. Right. See, that's, that's the difference, you know. It's, you can feel the fear no matter what. You can feel that, uh, you know, most actors and actresses, especially when they do a live show or a Broadway show, will tell you that, that they feel this nervousness inside, this fear. But they face the fear, they overpower it, 
they go on, and within a few minutes, they're so caught up in, in what they're doing that they don't even recognize the fear anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the key to it. So we have to understand, first, that fear is natural, mm-hmm. but it's not natural when it comes from the delusional thoughts mm-hmm. in our mind. And the delusional thoughts come from past experiences and things that were Belief. taught as a child right. that become our beliefs. Right, right. You know, if say, we're, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm saying, I mean, you, you know, again, you bring it back, and I, I, I like to point out these things because you can, you're making a great point here. You know, it really comes back to our sets of beliefs that we had been, you know, living with for a long time, and we had inherited some of these beliefs, you know, from our parents, from our school, from our environment, from our workplace, everywhere that we go, you know, we keep either adding on, or we try to question some of these beliefs. And if these beliefs mm-hmm. are not, to, they don't serve our purpose, you know, in life, then maybe we need to eliminate those the fears or you're overpower abso- them. You're absolutely right. You, right. you couldn't have said it better. We do need to do that because it is our beliefs. Do you know that, that scientists will tell us that we, uh, each of us, entertains somewhere in the neighborhood of 60,000 separate thoughts a day. Now, most of them, of course, we're not even aware of, okay? But better than uh, 90% of those thoughts, or let's say 90%, that's 54,000 of 60,000 thoughts that we have in a day, each of us has in a day, are negative. They're negative. And they come from when we were toddlers. See, mm-hmm. somebody defined us, Rhea. Mm-hmm. Somebody told us we weren't good at something. Told, right. Somebody told us we weren't smart, we right. weren't creative, we weren't talented, we didn't have the ability, we're not as good as our older brother or our older sister, or why right. couldn't we be more like that, or you're never going to amount to much, you know. And we learn about who we are. We, we're these tiny little things. We look up at these adults, and they're giants to us. And these giants tell us that we're not very good at something, right. or we won't amount to much, or we should get into a different profession. Oh, you're not college material. You know, you should look for a trade. And yet we may want to go to college, but we don't believe that we're college material because somebody convinced us of that. Right. And this is where our fears and our delusional thoughts come from. Right. You can even, when you're with other people, listen to what they say about themselves. Right. And they they will tell you that, you know, that this is one of that they and and we take it in stride. We often do this, uh, uh, you know, self-deprecating humor. We we might say somebody might be given an assignment. You know, well, can you write up, uh, you know, a couple of pages on this? You know, oh, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a good writer. You know, I'm just I'm, writing has never been one of my skills. Right. Or how many times do I hear from a woman will say, oh, math? You know, I've never been good at math. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not athletic, so don't ask me. Or, or I can't put that together. Or I'm such a klutz. You know, you wouldn't want me on your team. Well, when we tell ourselves that, and here we're telling the world that. How can we tell ourselves? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, these are the things right. that somebody 
told us about right. ourselves. Right. It doesn't mean they're true, but what happens is we accept them as the truth. Well, we need to And because we accept them as the truth, they become the truth. Uh, Vladimir uh, Lenin, the, the father of the Soviet Union, said, a lie told often enough becomes the truth. Right. And when that lie is given to you by a loved one, by a sibling, by a favorite grandparent, you know, by a teacher, whoever, and they're telling us and they're defining us, and we're accepting that as the gospel, and we never argue with it. So what happens is when we're faced with an opportunity or a challenge, let's say uh, one of your listeners has a job and a great job, works for a great company, and a new position opens up. And uh, the first thing, instead of saying, hey, that's a slam dunk. That that job description was written for me. But then they look at it and, and they see who the hiring manager is, and they and there's rumors through the uh, the company that this is a real tough boss. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and you, somebody had told you <clears throat> that you don't work well with others, you don't play well with others, <clears throat> and especially uh, figures in authority. And so instead of looking at the opportunities to further your career, increase your income move up the ladder of success, you look at it and say, oh, God, this is a real demanding boss. And, I, you know, I, I, I hate when a boss looks over my shoulder, you know, and I may not be qualified this. And what happens is all the joy that we were feeling about applying for this new position, knowing that it was written for us, it was perfect for us, we instead go the other way. We allow fear to win. And what happens in a situation like this is when fear wins, we lose. Right. The individual who doesn't apply for that job is losing, of course, the income that they would have had from a from a you know a more uh, you know better job you know where moving up the ladder. So they're going to lose the income. They're going to lose the prestige of that position. And getting getting on that rung of the ladder and, and, and believing that you can move up that ladder. Right. Instead, we've lost the income. We've lost the prestige of that position. We've lost everything. Now, a lot of people won't look at that as a loss because they say to themselves, well, I never had it, so how can I lose it? Right? But let's say that... that you would have gotten a $30,000 bump in your annual salary if you had gotten this job. Well, 30000 it's a number out there. But what I ask my, my readers to do, in fact, there's an exercise in the book. There are 10 exercises. I in the saw book. that, yeah, great. Yeah. Tough, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and see, that's where we need people not only just to read the book, but to do the exercises right. so that they can learn it. Because the second exercise in the book is to define what does a fear cost you. And we ask you to take three fears that you have and what does it cost you, you know. And, and every fear can be quantified. And, you know, I think it's called what have you lost out on. Right. But we, and we have to take a look at, let's say, that $30,000. And we have to look at, because we can quantify that, that would have been your bump in salary. And what could you have done with that $30,000, could you have bought your spouse a new car? 
Could you have used it as a down payment on, on a home? Could you have used it to put away to starting your own business someday or your spouse helping them start a new business? Could it have bought orthodontics for the kids? Could it have bought a house in a better neighborhood where my kids would have better schools? Could I have used it to put my children through college? We have to look at that because every time you capitulate or succumb to a fear, you've literally lost, and it is quantifiable. Right. Well, Michael, I think, you know, we, we're going to take a short break and, and check in in, the, in the, um, the chat room. But I just wanted to say that your book, it, it's, you know, we're talking about, you know, because obviously you experience in your background, uh, you know, for many years being a sales salesman and, and your trainer and stuff like that. But this book is not just for business. It's across the board as far as, you know, facing your fear, whether it's relationships, you know, your personal, your professional relationship. Everything, you know, that you encounter on your daily life, if, you know, Michael does does touch on uh, on that in his book. And I, I do really, like I said, I do appreciate, you know, your book very much because we share a lot of things. I teach some of the things that you, you know, you, you mentioned in the book and, and uh, the way you had laid it out, it's, it's great. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, when did you actually... Uh, finally see fear as a force that you could overpower. So I'm going to take a short break, Michael, and we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Wonderful. Thank you. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. You are listening to Your Life Now radio show. Thank you all for listening. And again, I wanted to, to, to say thank you so much, um, you know, for supporting my show. My show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio homepage, and that makes me feel good that I'm actually doing something good on, on the air. And, uh, you know, I, you always hear me talk about my intention of, uh, you know, help to inspire you, hopefully, to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you deserve to live. And um, before the break, we are talking with my guest today, um, author Michael Luckman. Luckman, I'm sorry if I uh, pronounce but, your name wrong. Luckman, right? <laughs> Luckman, okay. <laughs> See, my accent is going to come somewhere, you know. You're going to hear pronunciation <laughs> problems. Anyhow. I apologize. And uh, uh, Mr. Luckman, uh, Michael, is um, is here to talk about his book, Overpowering Fear, Defeating the Number One Challenge in Sales and Life. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, fear is something that I mentioned before the break that, you know, we touch on a lot on this on this show because, you know, um, fear comes from our, our set of beliefs. Fear comes from, you know, what we believe about ourselves. And uh, fear can also hold us back because we believe that we are being harmed somehow and we cannot differentiate between something that is really harmful to us and something that we just made up. And, uh, um, and, and Michael is here to kind of, you know, try to clarify some of these 
some of some of these issues, you know, when it comes to fear. Um, Michael, I, I mentioned to you before the break that I was going to be asking you the question: When did you finally see fear as a force you could overpower? Well, I was very, very fortunate about. Oh, 20, about 25 years ago. I was very fortunate. I was married for the second time, and uh, I, I got into a men's group. I read an article in a local paper about a men's group, and I contacted the gentleman uh, that was running it, and I said, I'd, this sounds great for me. I've always thought I'd like to be in a men's group. We're sharing men's uh, you know, thoughts and why we are the way we are. And uh, shortly, it used to meet like just once a month, and it was a loose-knit group of guys, and wasn't much of anything. But somebody had suggested that we read uh, John Bradshaw's book. Uh, it had something to do with overpower or, or helping the, uh, the inner child. And this was, like I said, John Bradshaw was very popular, and he was on uh, uh, NPR and PBS uh, television, and and so. We there was about ten of us that decided we were going to read the book, and not only were we going to read the book, but we were going to do exercises that were in the book or tied into the book. Uh, we realized that we couldn't do it, and so our group hired a facilitator, and we stayed together about seven eight years. The group, and it was in this group of men that I really realized that, that although we came from a diverse group of guys uh, growing up in different parts of the country, uh, you know, different nationalities, ethnicities, that we were pretty much all the same. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was the re- that was the first point when I realized that, you know, we're not all so different from each other. In fact, when we would talk about uh, growing up and what our lives were like and what our parents were like, and especially our mothers, Right. We actually realized that we could sort of interchange our, our, our mothers, you know, and and pass them off and we'd get a chance to try somebody else's mother, and we would find that they were pretty much the same. We were raised that way, and it was, it was amazing. And what happened was that uh, we had bonded as a group. There were ten of us, and we would go out and we would hire, interview and hire our own facilitators. Right. And so we would hire, uh, you know, people that could facilitate us or people that tied into a certain book or a certain methodology, and they would be psychiatrists, psychologists, whatever. And there was one uh, gentleman by the name of Ernie Pesci that turned, he was happened to be a uh, psychiatrist, and he introduced spirituality to our group. Right. You know, nothing tied in with religion at all, just pure spirituality, and... It was something that I felt like I was searching for all my life, mm-hmm. that it was missing from me. And through the work in, the, in the, my group, my men's group, the things we were learning, the things we were sharing, the fact that we were pretty much all the same, we, even the most popular, we even had a fighter pilot, a Navy pilot, you know, oh, wow. you know <laughs> in, in, in our group, you know, and... Uh, uh, he talked about once about his greatest fear was the time at three in the morning he was shot off the deck of an aircraft carrier into pitch black darkness where you couldn't even see wow. your hand in front of your face. And and but yet when we t- but when he talked about high school and he was in the real popular group, he had his fears. So it just made me realize that we really are all created equal. 
right. uh, all the good things and all the bad things. And But it was through Ernie Pesci that I started reading about spirituality, learning about spirituality, and learning that we were created, each of us, for greatness. Yeah. That we were actually created by God, by our higher power, for to reach unlimited, unlimited things, to, to have and be and do everything in our lives. And then it started, I started thinking about, well, what is preventing me from doing the things and reaching those things that I desire? And they came to me. It was fear. Right. That's because amazing. we allow fear to stop us in our tracks. And what we often do is we make uh, what I call workarounds. When we don't face a fear, we, we, we come around, we negotiate. Let's say uh, we're in business and somebody, let's say we own a business, we're CEO of a company, mm-hmm. but we hate selling, we hate going out, we hate meeting new people, and we even fear calling another CEO of another company. Right. And I've worked with plenty of CEOs right. who have that fear. <laughs> yes. And... And and I realized that each of these people, when you can't face a fear, you'll you'll work around ways to get around it. Oftentimes, getting around it is to talk yourself out of it. Let's say somebody yeah. gives you a referral and mm-hmm. says you really should talk to this person, and you look at it, and it's for a, a big company, and you've never sold a big company, and it's for a higher up in a big company, and you've never sold at that level before. Right. And so what happens is you wind up becoming what I call uh, you're, you, by you're intimidated by title. You're afraid to call. <laughs> That's a good one. So here's what you so you put off calling and we, and procrastination right. happens That's to be huge. fear too. It is only right. fear. Right. Fear prevents you because you can't that's make a good, decision. That's you can't a really do it. good, uh, yeah. Because you know that, yeah. I mean, I never thought about it that way, but yes, absolutely. I think I can, I can definitely see that. Yes. Yeah. And so when you procrastinate, so what happens is you're sitting with this referral. It could add tremendous dollars to your to mm-hmm. your top line revenue in your company. Uh, it could be your biggest uh, uh, client, but you don't pick up the phone. And so instead you say to yourself, well, you know, I'm just a small guy. We haven't been in business that long. They probably want to deal with the big guys. They probably don't want to deal with a small guy. And so you've just created a justification for not calling them. Right. Let the prospect decide if you're the right guy for them. Not you to pre-decide and to give up on it. Absolutely. And this happens all the time. When training salespeople, many, many salespeople will call at a level, a mid-level within a company. Right. And because they're comfortable there. But they won't call on a VP or a C-level mm-hmm. officer. So every time, I just want to use these examples, every time that we face fear and we capitulate, we give into it, we've lost. Yeah. And usually we can quantify that into dollars we lost. And and that's that's what I'm trying to get through in the book. And if you're created on the one hand for greatness, to be everything you can be, to have everything you can have, and to do everything you desire to do, and all we've got are delusional thoughts, and fear isn't real. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I created like? by our I, thoughts. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you here for a second because I really want to point out, you know, some of the insights I felt, you know, when I was going through your um, your book. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons that you also, I mean, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, um, you start really getting in touch with who you truly are as as a person, as as a higher you know, self, and I, you know, we, spirituality is not about religion, spirituality about connection with your own spirit, with your own self, and mm-hmm. some of the practices that you do on a daily basis, I was reading, I was like, oh my God, this guy, is like, he does everything that I do, <laughs> so, I mean, it was a great, great insight that I, I found from reading your book, so I definitely highly recommend that people do get a copy of your book and, 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 uh, um, do some of the exercise exercises in the book and uh but you know it michael spirituality is something that you had it, it came along to you because did you have encountered something like really kind of a fall down like a what I'm trying to say like something really had huge happen in your life that uh brought you to not, that place? well i you know yes i've uh, written in my book and as you read i i've gone through some very tough times in my life. Yeah. I had a very sick child that came down with Crohn's disease when she was 11 years old, and she's 43 now. She's had it for 32 uh, years or whatever. Uh, she's lost most of her small intestine, uh, you know, multiple surgeries. I've had that. I've gone through two divorces. I've had business failures. I've been betrayed by a partner. I mean, so I've gone through some difficult things. Not, not that you know I'm, I'm exceptional or different because these are this is life. This but you is overcome life. it. But you overpower it. I mean, that's what I'm trying to tell our listeners because this show is about empowering people to really kind of you know look at from whatever place you are, you can change your life, and now you are stronger than ever. I mean, you are absolutely, you are absolutely. We we have that power. And that's what I'm hoping the book will do, that will tell people and say, look, at, I'm, I'm not a priest or rabbi or a minister. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm you. The only difference between me and you is I've been on the path longer. That's all. Right. And, and I wrote the, wrote the book really because I know that there are so many people on the path behind me that don't understand why their life why their their life is the same old same old why they keep experiencing the same thing just a different day right and that we were created for that greatness uh i'm i'm a student of the uh, of a course in miracle and and uh in fact there's even a, a chapter in my book that i've written based on one of the things that i learned in there which is littleness versus magnitude. Right. That we have the choice. And unfortunately, most of us choose littleness. And I changed the word magnitude because it's sometimes difficult to grasp. And I change magnitude to greatness. So here we've got a choice. We can choose to be little, to work at a little job and earn a little income and have our little happiness. But... There is nothing that's preventing us. There's not any walls. We're not in a prison. We're in a wonderful country, a wonderful society, a wonderful culture, where we have 
all the opportunities in the world. And there is nothing out there. It doesn't matter your race, the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter your gender. Uh, it doesn't matter your age. Each and every one of us has the ability to go for greatness and to accept nothing but greatness. Right. And it's that funny about, I mean, I, there's a, um, I, I don't know, remember who said that quote, but uh, it, it's an interesting thing about life. If you refuse um, nothing but the best, you most likely to get but you have to want it, you know. I mean, that's the thing. That's what makes us different. I think we that's all like, have I think I, I even quoted that in a, in a blog. You, I think I don't uh, it, W. Somerset I, I uh, Maugner, I think. <laughs> I, th- I think that was the quote. If you if refuse to accept anything but, you know, the best or, or you know, something, something I'm paraphrasing it now. Right, but I think right, he said it right. better than I do. But you're right, you know. But, see, the, there, here's another thing, though. We've been taught oftentimes, and I was taught, as a young child, you know, whenever I asked for something, my mother would always say, big shot, you, 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 you tell me you deserve that? Why do you deserve it? I had to almost have to, you know, write a, a business plan on why I deserve a new model airplane or something like that or a new toy. And, and, and so oftentimes we go through life believing that we're not deserving. And this is another big thing that we, we face. For some reason, others, they deserve to have the best. They deserve to have everything. But not us, not our family. And so when we're offered these opportunities, we, our voices, and we all hear our voices, and our voices say to us, in our own voice, that's the insidious part of of hearing these people, these voices we hear. It's our voice. But the words are not ours. The words were given to us when we were younger. And so when I'd want to go out and buy myself something, my voice would come, what do you need, big shot? You you need to spend that much money? What do you need that for? You know, you don't need that. You can do without that. that. What do you need the best for? That's the ego. This is my mother talking to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, our ego also play, you know, play a role on us too, trying to tell us why. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, so you know, that, we have a few minutes left, on, um, you know, on the show schedule today. But I just want to put out a number. If you do have a question for um, uh, Michael Lechman, uh, please feel free to call us at six two six two one three five seven seven three. And uh, thanks to those who are in the chat room. Thank you for signing in. You can always place your your question there if you like, and uh, you can also use Skype to call in. And, um, okay, so um, let's see now. Can you tell us some of the how-to tips, you know? Maybe, I mean, I always like to, you know, give people something, you know. Um, well, you know absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the first exercise in my book, I mean, because we have so many thoughts in a day and we're and so many thoughts, uh, 90% of those thoughts are negative, we often don't recognize that we are thinking negatively so much. And having uh, the average person has 60,000 thoughts in a day, 54,000 of them are negative. So we can't monitor our thoughts. But the, the great thing about negative thoughts are that they manifest themselves in negative feelings. So if we monitor our feelings, we know that we're thinking a negative thought. 
And because fear responds in the body to real fear, that mountain lion on the lawn, or getting up in front of a group and speaking, which is not a real fear. It's a delusional thought. It's mm-hmm. a negative thought. And so anytime you're feeling fear, the first thing I always suggest is stop and ask yourself, what am I thinking? Right. What am I thinking? And you will, because see, what happens is when you think negatively, you start out with one negative thought, which seems to go out there and attract other negative thoughts, until your mind is racing with a whole scenario. You know, it's a doomsday scenario. You're making up stuff. You start building on it. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. You're making it up. You're making it up. Your right. mind is making it up by attracting all these other thoughts and building this horrible, horrible scenario. One of my favorite quotes is from Mark Twain. And Mark Twain said, I have been through, I have gone through some terrible, terrible things in my life, right. some of which actually happened. Right. <laughs> I love that quote. I know. I read. I. I it's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Yeah. It's because big, not all we, of them happen. We made them happen. You know, or yeah. we just created them our heads. They never actually right. manifest anywhere. <laughs> Better than ninety percent. I think it's somewhere about ninety-six percent of what we worry about and think about never, never uh, happens. Right. I came to that conclusion a few years ago. I mean, you know, it's like my first. Um, I got recruited out of college to, you know, to work for the Chamber of Commerce, and that was like my first sales job. And, uh, you know, and and I told you about my, my fear with the phone. I told you about, you know, some of the things. But when I started, like, really kind of like a breaking it down, like where do I want to be and what do I deserve and, and why am I so worthy of having it all? And I still to this day, I mean, you know, I keep putting it out, though. You can't just accept, expect the things to come to you if you're not willing to you know, to take that action, you know. Absolutely. Right, right. Right. But you have to recognize some of these things that we make up, they just made up stuff. They're not real, you know. So it's okay to say to yourself, like you said, some of these questions I asked, you know, my clients, we talk about it on the show. Ask yourself what you're thinking right now and also how you're feeling. Because like you said, feeling also tells you because your body can tell you exactly what's going on. Absolutely. When when you feel negative, and you know you do, you can feel it because you get that emptiness. Your your begin to your hands get sweaty, you know. It's uh, it's like going to a, a social uh, you know uh, program or something or a party. Or it could be networking group or it could be anything, and you will know that you're facing fear when you feel it. Right. And as soon as you feel it, stop. In fact, uh, you know, for my students, what I suggest is to carry around a little notebook and keep track of every time you have a negative thought. And, of course, you know, you're not going to write down 54,000 thoughts every day. But there are (laughs) going to be certain ones that are going to really make you feel that fear. You're going to feel the fear. And as soon as you feel the fear, it's at that point, what am I thinking? Write it down. Maybe even write down what's going on at this particular moment. Because, you know, everybody always talks about change your mind, change your life. And it's true. But nobody ever teaches you how to change your thoughts, how to change your mind. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost is feel it, understand it. Once you do that, you can change it. You can let go of it. And letting go of it is very easy. You just say to yourself, 
Or you say to your higher power, you know, God, higher power, Jesus, whoever, you say, I no longer want this thought. I let go of this thought. I replace this thought with this thought. And let it go. Right. Well, you know, this it, is like, you it's, know, not, it's not really difficult. It really right. isn't. That's the that's the great thing. Right. I mean, you're going back to the self-talk, the self-programming. What do you tell yourself? You know, what kind of language are you using? You know, um, and why are these, you know, thoughts are there? Because that's that's the key. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling. I use it in my profession, in my business, with my clients and everything. And, uh, you know, of course, you're right. We're not going to be able to write 30-some thousand, you know, thoughts on a, in our journal. But we can, I'm sure we can have a few every day. And I call them insights or something that just come up. It's like, oh, you know, this really shook me up. Why did it shake you up? What happened? What are you afraid of? You know, what's some of these things? So how, you know, I mean, I know we have a few moments, and I just want to take the most out of, you know, um, again, we are speaking with author Michael Luckman. And uh, with his latest book, Overpowering Fear, Defeating the Number One Challenge in Sales and Life. So it's not just for, you know, sales uh, salesmen, salespeople, or sales, sales ladies. Uh, even if these are for CEOs, people even at a higher position in, in, in the company, they could still have fear, and they could definitely use a lot of your um, tips and techniques from the book. So I do highly recommend it. Now, you do also, I mean, like I said, you have so much, we have so much in common that when I was reading the book, I felt like I was writing that book with you. Um, That's because we're so much the same, really. I literally wanted to, like, I wanted to, like, almost call you last night. I was like, oh, my God, no, no way, you know. But that's because, you know, great minds always think alike, right? Right, Um, right. Yeah, you you are a fantastic uh, person, and actually, you know, it's it's interesting. I used to always like to have name and face together, and 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 seeing your picture, you know, from your book, and and uh, and you are such a sweetheart. Like you have that sincere thing about you that people can really connect with you, and I know I have, um, you know, as as a, as a person, and I really do appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing your insights, sharing some of these tips with us and with our listeners. I just want to remind our listeners the show will be archived and will also be available for a free download on iTunes. I do want to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You know, you make it happen for me because you inspire me in return, and I do appreciate each one of you. Um, Michael, anything that you would like to leave us with before we go off the air? Uh, just, I'd, I'd just like to say that you have been created by your creator for greatness. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't disappoint her. Her or him? <laughs> I said, no, I said her. her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Okay. <laughs> how, how could I forget about a, a full 50 or 51 percent of the, the population? <laughs> I Appreciate you. No, that's that's good because you know, I, you know, I if you notice, I pick on a lot of things. So I'm I'm one of those people that ah, you know, you said that. Uh, no. Okay, go ahead, please. I interrupted you. Well, no, no, that was it. I mean, I just want to just uh, let people know that you have been created. You know, that everything that you desire is waiting for you. It's waiting there. It's got your name on it. Yes. All you have to do is ask and believe that it will be coming to you. Have faith, and it will. 
It sure will. Yeah. And it's not by magic. It's not by hocus pocus. You need to do the work. So I will say. You've got, like, the, but the power, the power is within you. It sure you is. You have the power. You sure it is. Again, you know, go get the book. It's uh, You can go to Michael's website at overpowerfear.com. No, over, overpowering fear, just oh, like the book, overpoweringfear.com. And they can go to uh, uh, Amazon. They can go to Barnes & Noble websites. The book is available there. Great. Uh, or if you go to my website, you can click on a link that will take you to Amazon for the book. Great, Michael. Thank you so much, my friend, for being here. We appreciate you. It's been my pleasure, Ria. Thank you. And anytime, you. I'd be more, more than happy to come back and talk to you. I would love again. to have you again. Thank you for being here. And we'll be definitely in touch. I appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. Wonderful. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. Thank you.